0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rancho Show on AM 770 KTTH. Streaming live on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. Health officials say their campaign is about warning kids against using fentanyl, except they're actually encouraging its use. This is alarming. And it's What's Trending. What's Trending. On social media. The story from Fox 13 caught my attention because whenever any governmental agency, public health or otherwise, tries to use social media to reach the kids, it's always some 61-year-old bureaucrat who's coming up with the creative. Someone who doesn't know how to operate their iPhone. And so when I first saw the story, that was at least the angle I was considering discussing this as or through. That was the lens. But when I got deeper into the story of the Tacoma Pierce County Health Department using social media like TikTok and Instagram to warn kids about the dangers of fentanyl use, I just got this sneaking suspicion that they're probably not doing it the way that any reasonable person would assume it should be done. Now, overdoses are one of the leading causes of death in Pierce County. When looking at younger generations of, of folks, 18 to 24-year-olds, they're most at risk. But of course, we've been talking about the impact of fentanyl on young kids. You had a 12-year-old boy overdosed from fentanyl lazanex Xanax at Cougar Mountain Middle School. And that kid had to be revived with naloxone, Narcan. And so Fox Thirteen took note of this campaign and went to Elizabeth Allen with Tacoma Pierce County's health department, saying, "Hey, what's been going on? Why haven't this? Why hasn't this been happening in the past?" And she's saying, "Look, just for, for some reason, we weren't targeting youth.
1: Why we target youth is that is a group that in the past wasn't targeted."
0: And you know, you can think about this in slightly depressing terms, right? We never thought to go in front of a 13-year-old or 14-year-old and tell them about the dangers of fentanyl. The fact that they have to do that now, they have to do that now, is just depressing. And sure, there's always been some level of drug education, right? DARE. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were doing that for the longest time. But now it's changed. What you would be taught via... The DARE program won't serve you very well, not with a drug like fentanyl. And so they're going to the places where the kids are, where the youth are. And that starts with social media
1: TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube. But we also have ads at movie theaters. We have them on billboards. And again, all going back to our website, fentanylfacts.org.
0: Fentanylfacts.org. And so I went there. And oddly enough, the pills that they show are not, in fact, fentanyl. which They should probably use realistic photos of fentanyl. But it starts at the top, and it's it's to me, it's a good message. Drug overdose is the leading cause of injury deaths in Pierce County. It's the second leading cause of injury deaths for people 15 to 24 years old. It's a very strong opioid. It's tasteless and odorless. You can't tell what it is by looking at it says it's 50 times stronger than heroin. It's 100 times stronger than morphine. And it says fentanyl can hurt you badly, much more so than other drugs. And you might not know it, might not know all the reasons. You're smart. Once you have the facts, you'll know why you need to stay safer and how to do it. And how to do it. Okay. Interesting. Now, is that... Know how to be safe, or how to stay safer. And what's that phrase that if I went out and asked people to define, they wouldn't be able to define as it relates to drugs? Say
2: harm reduction, stupid. Harm reduction. Well, you said word. That's two words. Say harm reduction. Harm. Harm reduction.
0: Exactly. I'm glad you've been paying attention. (laughs) Harm reduction. That's precisely what this is. That's precisely what fentanylfacts.org is actually about. In fact, it says harm reduction, except it lies to people. It says harm reduction saves lives. No, it doesn't. Harm reduction does not save lives. Harm reduction is the reason why we have the fentanyl overdose crisis that we have. This is what they're telling your kids. Don't use alone. That's what they're telling your kids. In this campaign, sending them to fentanylfacts.org, they're telling your 14-year-old kid, don't use fentanyl alone. Not don't use, but don't use fentanyl alone. Telling them to use test strips. Telling them to carry naloxone. They're telling your kid to carry naloxone. And then they say, know your good Samaritan laws. If you see an overdose, don't be afraid to call 911. All the way at the bottom. This is the last line on this website. Not midway through, not at the top, not at the bottom of the first section. This is the very last sentence on this front page of the website. Or don't use it all. It's only safe to use drugs your healthcare provider appropriately prescribed. Why is that
2: not at the top? You think you'd lead with that,
0: right? Why is that not the lead message? Don't use Now, I know what they're thinking. They're going to say, look, there are going to be some people who will ignore us and use anyway. We might as well give them this information. I think they mean well. But your last point is not to use. You're assuming that someone who is a fentanyl user is going to use this website. So you're not talking to kids about the dangers of fentanyl. You're talking to them about the dangers of fentanyl unless you use it in a way that you find safer. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. And your tax dollars, of course, are going to this. Your tax dollars are going to a group, a public health agency, telling kids how to better use fentanyl. And we're supposed to pretend that somehow this is just amazing. You're doing God's work. I'm so glad that we have public health officials like you who really care. This is not the advice of people who care. This is the advice of people who have given up on the whole issue. And if that's the case, step down, go away, give the job to someone else who better understands how to communicate with kids and actually get them to stop using fentanyl.
1: Do not misuse alone. Encourage people to carry naloxone with them. Encourage people to use fentanyl test strips. And encourage people to call 911 if they see an overdose, whether they know the person or not.
0: Absolutely disgusting, shameful bit of advice, except for the last part, as soon, as, long as you're not the one who's involved in the, the drug use. How about just simply don't use? She didn't even say it in that clip. Maybe Fox 13 cut it out? I don't think so. How about simply giving us tools that we can put in front of kids or utilize on kids to ensure that they don't even think about taking fentanyl to begin with? Unbelievable. And we wonder why fewer and fewer and fewer people have trust in public health officials, in public health agencies. We wonder why more and more and more addicts are dying, children are dying due to fentanyl exposure or fentanyl use. This is why. Harm reduction kills. Let's find out what else is trending.
1: What's trending? Back the blue.
0: Now, Seattle police officers made an arrest while getting stung by a swarm of wasps. They were arresting a carjacking suspect. It happened actually back on August 13th, but they just released the video. And it shows them arresting a 22-year-old man after they say he tried to carjack a whole bunch of vehicles in Queen Anne, Seattle neighborhood. At the time, he was armed with a knife. So officers were able to spot him. He ran. They ran after him. They chased him into a green belt area. In fact, one where I'm very familiar with this area. I pass it pretty frequently. And as the officers were making the arrest and they were grabbing this guy and he was trying to get away. They started to get stung several times. By these bees, by these wasps. And what's the difference between a wasp and a bee?
2: Wasp stings harder. And I don't think that their stingers get pulled out, right? Yeah, I think wasps don't die when they sting you, right? Yeah, bee, it pulls out their whole butt.
0: (laughs) Well, it does. I mean, yeah. Or at least the stinger part. So we've got some excerpts from the body cam footage. I mean, the video, I posted it on Twitter.com slash Jason Rants. It's it's intense. Oh, I'm getting stunned, dude! Getting... Yep. Turn
3: around!
0: Yelling at the guy.
3: Get on your Turn stomach! Around.
0: And ironically, because this guy is trying to run through brush and try to squeeze away, it's pulling off his shirt, which means he's now exposed to the oh. to the wasp thing. Well, that's on him. I
3: well, have yeah, no sympathy there.
0: No sympathy there.
3: Yeah, watch, watch that fall, Danny. Watch out. All right,
1: come on. Let's get up. Thank you, guys. Hey, Come on. Come on.
3: Come on. Oh, is it metal? No, it's yellow
2: jackets everywhere, dude.
0: Oh, my God. I'm going to be honest for a moment. Be honest? I'm going to be honest for a moment. This might, this truth might sting. Um, I'm leaving the dude. <laughs> for real. I'm leaving the dude. I, I don't like not bees going, at all. Yeah, I am not going in. I pretend to be allergic to bees Same. so that I don't have to deal with them. And when I run like a little girl, yeah, that's what I said. You're the one who's judging me for running like a little girl who says that it's bad to run like a little girl. I'm just saying that's how I run from any bee that's nearby. And I say, oh, I'm allergic. I'm allergic. And at some point it's going to sting me. Literally, and then I'm gonna have to explain why I didn't go into anaphylactic shock. <laughs> Someone's gonna be chasing me with a little EpiPen. Then I'm gonna get stung twice, and the EpiPen will probably kill me. I'm
2: leaving the guy. Yeah, I- I'm more concerned that there's yellow jackets in my neighborhood than than jackets. It's right
0: where you live. Really? Yeah, that's from where you are, it's on Westlake. Westlake and
2: oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, By the yeah. Bridge. Yeah, well, yeah, I know exactly where that by is. By the Fremont
0: Bridge. So that's uh, yeah, where he was.
2: Where they swept that big living room looking encampment that's now back.
0: Yeah, which I'm sure this guy has nothing to do yeah, with. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's totally separate from that.
2: But yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're 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 screwed,
0: sir. And at some point going will be like, "Help, just arrest me. Do anything to get these bees off of me." Sir, they're wasps. Get this wasp off off of me. Sir, sir, you're going to identify this creature as it is because we're not going to do this whole it's a bee it's a wasp same difference however it it's the sel- same difference it still hurts and it's hurting me
2: sir i don't care well it's however the the animal self-identifies it's not an animal it's an whatever
0: no i just scolded the bad guy carjacker <sighs> for not getting it right you can't get it wrong and i can't give you a pass so do i have to go to jail No, you got to get stung by a bee and a wasp so you can learn the difference between the two. (laughs) This next story I don't want to do, but I'm going to do it, so push the button. What's trending? Wait, what? This is depressing. The Spokane City Council asked the Spokane County Regional Animal Protection Service to explain why they are apparently unnecessarily euthanizing dogs. They put 14 dogs down on Wednesday. Now, before I go on from this spokesman review story, you can't be called the Spokane County Regional Animal Protection Service if you are euthanizing all of these animals. That seems accurate, yes. You're not protecting animals at all. One might argue, assuming the English language is still in effect, in spokane with the democrats there that animal protection does not mean you put them down now the spokesman review says that animal welfare advocates and former scraps volunteers that's spokane county regional animal protection service also known as scraps (laughs) volunteers and staffers have alleged that animals are being euthanized due to quote lenient director discretion and capacity issues that's according to a statement by the Seattle, or Seattle the Spokane City Council. And so now they're asking for some answers. The organization, run by someone named Jesse Ferrari, declined to give an interview to the spokesman review. County spokesperson Patrick Bell said that the animals are only being euthanized as a last resort when they pose a public safety risk, suffer from untreatable medical conditions, or are otherwise not adoptable. Now, it just seems hard to believe that you had 14 falling into that category on just one day. That just seems nuts to me. That does not seem like an honest statement. And the story says that there have been concerns being flagged for months to address this issue. So in a statement from Councilwoman Karen Stratton, she said, we had discussions with county commissioners and scrap staff regarding no-kill policies and practices. So I'm very disappointed that we were not notified of these multiple euthanasias today. I think it's safe to say this has not been a transparent process. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Look, I understand that there is going to be euthanasia going on with animals it is an unfortunate reality but this whole idea that well they're otherwise unadoptable so we're just going to kill them because soon i hope you're unemployable if they're unadoptable and that's your response that's disgusting and by the way why are there not more people from scraps stepping up and saying this is wrong i presume you got into this business because you cared about animals Whether you're a volunteer or a paid staff member, don't you care about the animals and you're okay with them just being killed? We just did how many stories about uh, Humane Society in Tacoma saying, look, we're out of space. Please take these animals. They did a big campaign to get people to adopt. They didn't kill them. They didn't euthanize. So what gives Spokane? My God. Seriously, it is such a disturbing story. And the weird thing is, I didn't see this get picked up outside of the spokesman review. You would think that more media outlets would pick this up, including on the west side of the state. I thought everyone here likes animals,
2: certainly dogs. It would be easy to be kind of all over this story. I mean, I don't don't envy people that are in charge of organizations that have to make those kinds of decisions. But yeah, you would think that there would be more effort to try to... Help out these animals. Who doesn't want to adopt a, you know, a sad dog? I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I mean yeah, cute? it's a big responsibility, but like, I don't know. I'm sure just people. I'm there. sure people would be willing to take in some of these animals, e- even
0: if it's just temporary. Do what they did in in Tacoma with the Humane Society. Say, look, we are in desperate need of either owners or foster. Yeah, parents.
2: fostering. Do
0: is- something. It'll, we we will do our best to make this move. But if you can give up your home for this. Dog, so we don't have to kill it. Take it back behind the shed and shoot it in the back of the head or however it is they do it. Wow. Take it for a month. You got to get graphic. Otherwise, people won't really feel the, mean, the urgency. Fair. I just I
2: wasn't quite expecting it. Unlike someone the last told you segment.
0: they were taking Fido out back with a shotgun and said, look, if you don't get here, sh- sh-. you should be in charge of brain. You, you would be running down there. I would even take a dog at that point, just for the month. Do you have you, pets you know, in your building? A ton of pets in my building, okay. except no longer on my floor, thank God. Again, I love dogs. What happened? We took them out back because they couldn't stop barking. There was this one dog that would pre-bark, like it got ready. It knew just I was about to leave my apartment, and it just started barking. I'm putting on my shoes, and I can hear it already starting to bark at me. And then the then someone moved in next to me with another dog. Every time I opened or closed my door, it would bark. Now, I try to be quiet in the morning because sometimes if I'm going to Fox News for an early hit, I'm out the door before 7 o'clock. So I don't want people to get woken up if they're not already you – know, you know, there's a lot of lazy people in Seattle, especially in my building because they're all coders at Amazon. And they probably sleep until 10 o'clock after getting high last night with doing a coding session with their roommate or three, even though it was a small studio apartment probably. But I don't want to wake them up. You live in a building with small studio apartments? I think on the lower level, there probably there has to be I mean they're not a, they're not cheap though. they're still like 3,500 dollars, I'm assuming. Here's a 423 foot square foot apartment studio. Push the button. What's trending? Who cares? I care. This is serious. Well, Chlorine on the
2: show sheet all week. Yeah, you don't and care. I've wanted
0: to get to it. And this is the it, segment in which I had three minutes left, and I couldn't vamp anymore on dead dogs. Is that okay? I had another
2: anecdote. If, I mean, it was no, like a I don't want to talk
0: about my dead neighbors dogs have a anymore. new dog and it's loud. Okay, so oh, you're gonna kill it. Oh wow, well, <laughs> horrible I didn't person say that. you are. No, you were implying. It's annoying. It. You were implying it. Clorox put out a warning about. The fact that last month they had a wide scale cyber attack and it lasted a month, apparently, and it's now causing product availability issues and will have an impact on first quarter earnings. Now, they said that they're going to take a hit, quote, due to the order processing delays and elevated level of product outages. What are they out of? The little Clorox, like wipes, and I think bleach. That's kind of a serious deal. The disinfecting wipes that people all became obsessed with. I'm wondering, though, if it becomes a wash, all the extra money they made during COVID when people thought that that was going to kill COVID because it spread on surfaces. I wonder if they're just going to lose what they made and it just at least is, is an evens even, out. Right. That's the best case scenario for them, because obviously you don't want them to suffer and you don't want anyone
2: who's holding. St- why do you have that? Why? Do you, oh, I don't care. Well, I, why, I, don't I don't care. Don't it's care. just people's jobs. I don't care. I don't care. Forex does Who cares? I'll just use a paper towel and soap.
0: That is not as efficient
2: Okay. and doesn't
0: kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including the COVID-19 virus.
2: Well, if I get COVID, I can stay home for two weeks. Oh, my God. Just, you know, never mind.
0: I was hoarding and I was going to give you one of these little barrels and not anymore. I already have some of those in my house anyway. Oh, there we go. There we go. You don't care about it because you're already good to go whatever i don't have the clorox ones that are blue i have the yellow one yeah i get the yellow ones too what's the difference is it just a different scent i think so i don't know i'll go i don't think i've ever seen the blue one i've only seen the (laughs) yellow one how is it that i only have yellow ones i don't know is blue a thing is that widely available i i don't know you're gonna have to
2: ask your local clorox rep
0: i'm at the top of the hour i'm gonna go over to uh to safe well not Safeway. i'm not going there 1-800-465-8770 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. Show.
1: The Jason Rant Show. Once again, a story you can't believe is real, but Jason Rance of
3: Seattle confirms it is. Seattle residents are outraged. Jason, tell us the state of the Seattle Police Department. Jason Rance is with us. This is your story. I want you to take us all the way through. Thank
2: you for being the person to go in there and show us what's happening.
3: Long for...
0: All week, we've been talking about a new proposal out of Marysville, a three-strike ordinance that would give 30 days in jail to repeat offenders of drug crimes and some other public disorder crimes, including third-degree theft, vehicle prowling, trespassing, all of which are usually, in fact, tied to the drug crisis. ACLU of Washington is outraged by this. They don't think that criminals should ever go to jail, even though, in this case, we would be putting people in jail, giving them access to detox services, drug treatment services, a social worker who's going to help them navigate what all that entails. Joining me on the line to discuss is Marysville Mayor John Naring. Welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it.
0: Were you surprised by the criticism from the ACLU of Washington?
3: Um, I don't know if I was surprised. I mean, I guess just dis- disappointed. Um, you know, what's interesting is— We've had so many testimonies from people that have been addicted to drugs in our community that have gone into our jail and accessed the programs that we have and the, and and then are now out as productive and working members of society. They'll pipe in on social media when somebody is skeptical with some of the arguments that the ACLU use, uses, and they'll say, uh, you know, you're wrong. I went through this program, and, and I'm alive today because of it, and I'm back with my family and working mm-hmm. And that happens regularly. So, you know, I just it's unfortunate that people that haven't actually that don't have the lived experience of going through this um, tend to pipe in with theoretical thoughts on it that aren't really relevant to the on the ground situation.
0: And at the same time, they get equal treatment in the press where, you know, the media will cover your position and then will give equal time to the ACU of Washington. But it doesn't sound like they are reflective of the response on the ground.
3: Exactly. Yep. And, and, you know, and that's, I guess the reason that, you know, I'm responsible to the citizens of Marysville. And uh, so that's, that's who I take uh, my marching orders from. Yeah, you don't care what the ACLU
0: of Washington has to say
3: about this. (laughs) Right.
0: Have you heard any criticism from that perspective that you actually think there's some, you know, logic behind it's, it's reasonable?
3: No, no, I haven't. Um, there's been overwhelming support in our community and even surrounding communities, to be honest to this, And I think the key is, you know, people know and understand that we lead with compassion in Marysville. I mean, it's not our goal to just throw a bunch of people in jail. That exactly. that wouldn't be helpful at all. The goal is to say, I mean, and I guess I'd look at it this way, and, and you know this, Jason, but, you know, we lead with compassion. We offer treatment right up front. Our goal is to get people off of the drugs that are leading to the crime. But when we when we map the hotspots of overdoses in our community, there's a direct correlation to our hotspots with crime. And so we have to start paying attention to these things. And so if we offer people help and and with fentanyl, most people won't take help voluntarily anymore. And so the game has changed. And if you've been offered help and refused it and you think about this for a minute, you've committed one of these crimes that are tied to the drug issue. Three separate times on three separate occasions, and you've been arrested and you've been convicted. So, how many other times have you actually committed that crime, not been caught or not been convicted? Probably dozens. But if you've done that and been convicted on three separate occasions, and we can't as a society unify around the thought that maybe we ought to try something different here, (laughs) you know, maybe we ought to break that cycle. Well, the thing is, it's not, even, it's
0: not even different, though, right? I mean, it, with, with respect, because I like the plan. This isn't yeah. innovative. This is just doing what makes sense and, and has been right. done before.
3: <laughs> True. Yes. I mean, so where it's, it's where do you hard. think
0: the disconnect is? Uh, you know, this is, again, w- we've done this in the past. We're, we're not talking about the quote-unquote war on drugs where we're just rounding up a whole bunch of people who are addicts and throwing them in jail. That's not the goal here. The goal is actually the treatment side of things, and if they're saying no to the treatment and they're constantly making victims out of people by breaking the law, th- this seems utterly reasonable. So why do you think it's not being adopted elsewhere?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, honestly, uh, part of it might be because people just don't want to appear mean. And, and you know, the, the, the point is, though, that this is the most compassionate thing you can do. Leaving somebody out on the streets to die of a fentanyl overdose under a bridge or in the woods, to me, is the least compassionate thing you can do. I've said this over and over again, and I mean it. If I had a loved one addicted to fentanyl right now out on the streets, I would pray that they landed in our jail facility. That would give them a shot because we have medically assisted treatment in there. We have nursing care to take care of their other medical needs. We could get them detox to a point where they could, we could send our social worker up. They could have a rational conversation about their future and their chances will be much, much higher Mm -hmm. of getting into a 30 60 or 90 day drug treatment program uh several months of temporary housing after that maybe some job training and things like that they would have a crack a real crack at a second chance of life and this isn't new to you right no no we've
0: been 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 doing this this for a while
3: we've been doing this for five years and i think when people ask well what necessitated this change well it's fentanyl because Mm -hmm. with meth and some of these other things and, and even heroin we were getting voluntary you know, when we'd build relationships with people, we were getting people voluntarily going into treatment. That almost never happens with fentanyl. Fentanyl just screws up all the main receptors of self-preservation in people, and they're just not able to conceive of of going into treatment. They're scared to death of it, they'll tell you. And so without, honestly, without if we want to go down the path of involuntary commitment, I'd, I'd be willing to look at that, but we don't have that. So the only other way to do it is to say, well, we're not going to just look look these look away from these crimes anymore we're going to actually have consequences that protect our community the law-abiding members of our community and then we're also going to do what's right for you and get you the medically assisted treatment you need and then get you connected with a social worker that can hopefully get you the long-term help you need hey if they go in jason uh, let's say they've got a 30-day mandatory if they will agree after being detoxed to go in and complete the key being they have to complete a drug treatment program go through the whole process We'll waive the remainder of that sentence. The Mm -hmm. goal isn't to to force you to serve the whole thirty days. The goal is to entice you to do the right thing for yourself and for our community.
0: Mayor John Naring on the line from Marysville. What is so different about your jail than others?
3: You know, I think we're we're very fortunate and I and, and I mean this, you know, we put it before our citizens about I think it was about five, six years ago, a measure to build a new public safety building and a new jail with all the the things that I've described and, and our citizens voted for it. And so now we have that modern facility. So we have a few things we have. Our old jail was a bunch of dorms that's, that had 16 people in it. Well, the problem is with most of the people that go into jail now are addicted to drugs and you'd have to clear out a whole dorm while they detox because you can't keep somebody in detoxing. And so we would we would take about 20 percent of the capacity of our jail away. Well, this facility is just two-person pods. So all you do is you put them in a, a pod to detox for, for a few days and you're only, you're only taking away two of the 96 available beds that we have, or actually only one because they would use one of them. But it also has a nursing station. It's got storage units for all the medically assisted treatment. Uh, we have nursing contracts. I think we have three separate nurses who are on contract that can come in. And, and it's not just the medically assisted drug treatment. We also offer other medical treatment to them as well because most of them come in with sores and other issues. And so the and then the facility has is uh, uh, an upper area where you you have a watchtower where they can watch the entire facility at once. So if people are struggling with things or, or whatnot, it's just much more efficient by way of checking on everybody more regularly that might be dealing with these kind of issues. But yeah, I would say just the pod system, the medical, uh, the nursing station, the refrigeration systems for the medically assisted treatment. And then the security levels that we have in there for better watch of people that are going through issues are, are some of the things.
0: What are the odds of this passing? I mean, how how close are we?
3: Um, to, I'm sorry. Though the, 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 it passed to fund the jail No, no, excuse me. Your, your oh.
0: ordinance, your ordinance.
3: Oh, yeah. I You know, I never like to speak for the council, but it was uh, the support seemed rather, uh, unanimous that our – in our work sessions. So I, I, again, I wouldn't presume they, they're the ones who get to vote on it. They'll have their own say in it. They suggested some thoughts that we're going to incorporate into the ordinance, but I, I uh, suspect we'll have very solid support and that it will pass sometime in October. Do you
0: ever just sit back and look at some of the media coverage of this and, and even presenting uh, equal time to a side that doesn't seem to be equal in, in, <laughs> in voice in, in your city and just shake your head and just say, what in God's name is going on here? What are we doing?
3: Yeah. And I think, I think that is unfortunate because, you know, I meet um, elected officials from all across the ideological, uh, ideological spectrum. And those that are on the ground, particularly at local government, understand what we're dealing with. But mm-hmm. I do think that the peer pressure or the pressure from, uh, you know, from those that do get that equal treatment that aren't really on the ground dealing with this does um, impact how many people are willing to take this stuff on politically in their communities. And that's unfortunate because that affects real solutions.
0: Yeah, and the good news is, at least in Marysville, you say, yeah, okay, they say what they say. They, they did what they did. We're going to move forward anyway. It's, it's right. <laughs> To your point, it's up to Marysville City Council, but it sounds like they're on the, the same page with you. And I wish you absolutely the best of luck, and I, I certainly hope that other cities take notice and use this as an example as to why we have to start doing things a little bit differently than the way Seattle does it and actually see results and save some lives in the process. Mayor John Nearing, thank you so much for stopping by.
3: Thanks as always, Jason. Appreciate it. Of course.
0: You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. When we come back, it's time for the Quick
1: Hits. The Jason Ranch Show. It's bringing our man in the Pacific
2: Northwest. KTTH, Seattle top radio host Jason Rance. Great to have you with us to tell people a little bit more about this. Jason Rance is in focus now.
3: Jason Rance, thank you for your reporting on that. The Quick Hit.
0: I have to say I'm very impressed with Kamala Harris, the vice president leading this new federal office of gun violence prevention. I am really, I'm just in awe because she is just so hard at work. This is the kind of person that you look up to. I mean, she's been hard at work as border czar. She's been hard at work as the A.I. czar. And now they're giving her a new title. That probably has nothing to do with the fact that she's seen as someone who's wholly incompetent and they're desperate to help her brand. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that. She is now leading this new federal office of gun violence prevention, which won't actually prevent gun violence and instead will just offer more proposals to ban guns. Because, again, this is coming from the Democrats. And that's all they've had to say when it comes to ending gun violence is just banning guns. They seem very reluctant to talk about anything else, which is a shame because I think it's safe to say that 99% of the country supports the idea of ending gun violence. That is something not unique to a particular ideology. As a gun owner, I don't want to see gun violence. As a gun owner, I would prefer to not have to shoot anyone who is a threat to me. I imagine there are a lot of other gun owners in that exact same position. And then, of course, no one wants to become a victim of gun violence, whether or not they own a gun. There's a lot that can be agreed upon, especially as it relates to mental health, especially as it relates to gangs and criminal justice reforms. But, unfortunately... You have the rest of us dealing with a subsection of the Democrat Party that I write about in What's Killing America. Book is out next week. You can Google it. The fact of the matter is they're not interested in any kind of policy that doesn't subscribe to their very fringe ideological view, and they don't believe in the Second Amendment. I'm sure it's white supremacist or something. So we have a little bit of a clip from the vice president making this exciting announcement. She posted this on her social media accounts.
1: Hey, everybody. So I have some big news to share. We are announcing the creation of the first ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. Why
0: does she sound like she's giddy about it? Oh, it's like she's introducing people for the first time. We just got an adorable little puppy. You have to see our little Shih Tzu. It's so adorable. We call him Tsutsu because we couldn't name him after the first part of his dog breed because then we would get in trouble with the FCC. But little Tsutsu is very adorable, and I can't wait to see him in this outfit I bought for him online, and I'm going to show it to you all. Okay, yeah, we got it, but continue.
1: And we are doing this work in large part because of the activism, the organizing, the marching, the voting of all of you leaders.
0: Which is real quickly, you're doing this, you're creating this because everybody else has been doing it and has failed, but you want them to be the inspiration. Isn't that effectively what she's saying? We're doing this because of all of the activists out there, all the marches that didn't actually end gun violence. And so we decided to try to end it ourselves. And we're supposed to... But, but, but we're supposed to take that as, as her basically saying she's crediting all those marches and all those activists for creating the. Oh, okay.
1: It, students, parents, teachers, just community things. leaders who understand Puppies. that living free from gun violence should be a right. So we're going to work on this together. We're going to continue to fight for reasonable uh-huh. gun safety laws oh, and for the ability of all people to live their best lives. Free from fear, Uh free from violence. Thank you for all that you have done and continue to do.
0: But not free from government tyranny. You're not interested in that. Do you think they're going to come up with... And obviously she's not going to do any of the work. It's going to be staff members. But do you think the staff is going to come up with anything other than more gun bans, more gun laws, anti-gun laws? Do you think they'll mention... Even mention, I'm not even saying commit to a plan, but just mention mental health and and that intersection here or nah, because I'm going with it, nah, probably not. Doesn't seem all that interested in that. That might be hard work. I mean, just think about it from this perspective. She's been in her position as border czar since she became vice president, virtually since she became vice president. And it's never been worse. We are year-to-date, fiscal year-to-date for CPB. They look at October to October. We have already exceeded last year's migrant crossings. I shouldn't say already. We obviously have another week to go. But with a week to go, things have gotten worse. So we just set another all-time record high for migrant crossing. And she was supposed to be in charge. Did we miss that? Did we miss all of her successes going down to the board? Oh, yes, she hasn't gone with any. Okay. And there's a chorus of Democrats out of New York joining the chorus of Democrats out of Chicago. Stepping up and saying, okay, this uh, migrant crisis is out of control. Can you, uh, I don't know, I don't want to be too much of a pain in the backside. I know you're busy with your new shih tzu. And it is adorable, by the way. Tsutsu, I love that name. How do you spell it? T-S-U-T-S-U. But while you, can, can, after you're done playing fetch, could you maybe fetch us some policy that might stem the tide of these migrants coming into the country? Here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul on
2: MSNBC. We really need to stop the incoming. We're still seeing about 3,000 a week. That's absolutely unsustainable. We're working so hard spending millions of dollars state dollars to build shelters to house three thousand here two thousand here one thousand here it's still not enough so the word has to get out that new york has always been that place of welcoming immigrants all of us came from somewhere our parents and grandparents but Mm -hmm. there is a limit to who we can house at this time and we need the rest of the country to step up but most importantly It starts at the border with enforcement and it also mm-hmm. has to start in Washington with common sense immigration reform. Oh, immigration
0: reform. She's trying to spread the blame around immigration reform. Not just stemming the flow by locking up the border. She doesn't want to just say that, say that, and she doesn't want to just lean on something that is guaranteed to get pushback from Democrats, the Pramila Jayapal open borders crowd. So she has to throw in that other piece to maybe deflect from some of the criticism so she doesn't take any friendly fire. And, of course, she doesn't call out the Biden administration directly. She calls out Washington because apparently this is due to MAGA Republicans. And while at the same time she's telling us that we need to secure the border. She's also telling us that other states have to step up. What would you have happen? Maybe you should bust them out of New York. Or would that be you doing the exact same thing that Governor Greg Abbott in Texas has done, in which y'all on the left called him a xenophobe for talking the way you're now talking, for thinking about the same policies that they thought about? Why don't you just say that? And by the way, this whole idea that the rest of us have to step up, first of all, no state that is not a sanctuary should have to, quote unquote, step up. But beyond that, keep in mind, these are migrants who are going to New York. They're not being bused there in any significant way. They are making the choice to go to New York. And again, you branded yourself as a sanctuary state. I have lost my sympathy. I really have, including that of the voting base. I've got a piece next week over at Fox News on this. It includes an excerpt from my book. The fact of the matter is you've got a bunch of voters who consistently vote for the same kinds of Democrats, who enact the same kinds of policies around the border, who enable this kind of behavior. They voted for Biden in a big way over Donald Trump. They voted for AOC in a big way. And Jamal Bowman and all the others who are supportive of open borders. Or who at the very least want to pretend like we don't have a crisis. So if you don't like what's going on, well, you know what? Maybe you should step up and vote like it. If you don't like what's going on, vote like you don't like what's going on. Or is that a little bit too much to ask? That you actually take some responsibility for your own actions, or maybe you're just looking at how Democrats are treating all of this and saying, "Well, if they don't have to take responsibility, neither do we." Now let me go play with my Shih Tzu, tzu. It's a Jason Rancho.